Hey everybody, Jeez. welcome to Fresh Out the Podcast. I am the board game guru and game master extraordinaire Jahananan. I am retired child crimes and human trafficking investigator turned tabletop titan and improv comedian. Casualty CDG. But you can call me Gary. And some may call me the professional media and movie mastermind. Some may call me the funhouse. Some may call me James the Rock Johnson. But all of you out there can call me Drew Munhausen. I am the, the third leg to this tripod um, holding up this show, uh, Fresh Out the Podcast. And welcome, everyone. I have, I have to tell you all this um, a story the other day. Um, I was in a parking lot, and, and the parking lot was really full. And it seemed that most of the crowd was directed at this shaved ice, you know, snow cone yeah. restaurant I, on the corner. I, I like snow cones. Very man. common around that. here in Houston, yeah. What? No, the snow cones are the worst dessert, right? Oh, like, no. nobody's actively going out of their way to get snow cones oh, when no, you can have great. ice cream. No, it's... No, even when I was in Little League Baseball and you got your snow cones after, I just well, wanted to throw problem. mine in the trash and well, go get some real ice cream. That's the problem is little league snow cones are trash and you were you were scarred as a child from subpar snow cones. Oh yeah, no, you got to go down to Mason Road. You got to go uh to that shaved ice place out there behind where Hollywood Video used to be. I forget what it's called, but I mean you got to get that tiger's blood. That's no. that That's just cherry. No. Yeah, tiger's blood's just cherry. Nah, it's tiger's blood. So I'm too far this because I just thought we're here across the board that Mm -hmm. everybody hates snow cones. I really thought there was going to be no opposition here, and I didn't realize I had not one but two snow cones. (laughs) You gotta get that wedding cake, boy. Yeah, you don't know what you walked into. This is a fucking (laughs) trap. The trap's been sprung on you. Uh, I'm a I like I like peach and banana snow cone. I get I get half peach, half banana, Mm. and I get extra like of the 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 cream on top the condensed milk and so it's like really sweet and creamy and tasty and it's not just like shitty syrupy ice i think that's the problem is you had bad snow nah, yeah that's maybe. My th- I said, yeah i just go and they pour the cherry syrup into yeah. you know the ice chips and then you're supposed to eat it and go mm, no and it's not mm, it's, nah, man. It's it's all, so it's all about yucky. the consistency of the shave mm-hmm. and the flavors you got to go to mm-hmm. one of those places that has like a hundred flavors. All right. And that's why I mix in the cream because once you mix in the cream, then it is kind of like almost an ice cream. It's got some milkiness, some creaminess to it and some fruitiness. Uh, yeah, man, there's a, Oh, you were... want good condensed milk on some shaved ice. You got to go down to Chinatown, sir. They, they, uh, they get fruit. They, uh, cover shaved ice and fruit and cover it in sweet and condensed milk. And... Mm. Mm. So, so either, either one of two things just happened. Either, Either we just lost our entire audience, or we just gained all the subscribers after that. (laughs) I was thinking, did we just become a food podcast? Is that what just happened? (laughs) Well, I mean, we have Fresh Out already in the word, so... Mm-hmm. We can we can jump straight into uh, the discussion topic this week. Um, you know, we talk a lot in here about Game Pass and different Xbox games, because a lot of us are, are Xbox guys in particular, mm-hmm. not that we hate on PlayStation. Um, anyway, but Halo. Halo is the big Xbox marquee franchise. 
and we all know that Halo was supposed to launch last fall, and then, uh, you know, they showed it off, people weren't super impressed, they put it back in the cooker, they said for sure we're getting it this <coughs> fall, and then the this news just hit right before Gamescom that Halo Infinite, when it launches, uh, I believe around November is... is when it's supposed to come out, um, that it's going to be launching without the Forge mode and also without the cooperative campaign. So it'll still have multiplayer. It'll still have the campaign, but it won't have the cooperative campaign. That's a real and shot. Gary's already looking red in the face. I'm going to be honest angry. with you, Drew. That's a real shot in the nuts. So, yeah, yeah. What, what, are y'all, what are y'all's thoughts on this news? I'll let Gary start it off. Gary's All I can do is I just shake my head, man. It's just fucking just scrap the fucking game start over your your project manager walked away once already your entire game had to be delayed because your trailer looked so bad that your fans didn't want to play it it wasn't even a gameplay beta they didn't make it to alpha it just looked so bad we were like oh fuck no like this is it's it's a train wreck and they know it's a train wreck they've kept delaying this train wreck (laughs) and now they're going to release the uncompleted train wreck so that they can make a date? Like, they're going to release an unfinished piece of shit on time? No, why? For what? What the fuck is the point of that? Yeah. Just don't. Yeah, no, <laughs> so, like, me, I'm so I'm not the biggest Halo guy. I've never really, I didn't have the experience growing up uh, that I know that I believe both of you had, where, you know, you'd bring your Xbox over, you'd have the party. You know, we were all PC gamers. We played that kind of stuff. Uh, Halo was never that big for me. But, I, you know, I do enjoy it from time to time. Halo Infinite sounded cool. I'm excited. Uh, it should be free on Game Pass Day 1, which is cool. Uh, but seriously, no co-op campaign. You guys have had co-op campaigns since, what, Halo 2? In every Halo single 1. game? Halo 1. You've had co-op campaigns from day one of the franchise. And you're going to release the supposed Holy Grail. The... <laughs> the the shining king's jewel of the franchise without its one of its signature modes because why how because hard is it to why? implement your microsoft why? like, like uh, no, no one's making you release it it's your fucking game yeah, why <laughs> why i'm so sick of unfinished like like i get uh, early access games, like, I get it. Sometimes, like, you know, a funding issue, blah, 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 smaller studios, blah, blah, blah. I'm fine working with those games that are trying to make themselves better through input, through active usership, and to kind of gradually build their base. I can respect that. Microsoft can do better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they can't... You don't get to release an unfinished game and tell us to deal with it. I'm sick of that crap. Like, what so did we play the other day, Gary? I'm sorry. What was that? Uh, like, like humankind. Like the multiplayer didn't work day one. What we're what? we're gonna get to humankind. We will get to humankind. But we'll saying, get to this. Like, There's something we have a ridiculous fucking story about oh, that yeah. game. Uh, I think the oh. most disappointing thing about it all is that you know we thought we were gonna get this game a year ago, and we thought at that time you know when it was going back in the cooker, it's like okay, well at least we know for sure that this game's gonna come out fully you know fully done it's going to have everything it, this is going to be the complete game because the thing is there's a lot of games that are being released incomplete these days right this isn't just 
just Halo. There's so many games that come out and they're missing modes or I mean look at Cyberpunk and how it launched oh in December, God. you know, they they launch with problems, they they <laughs> lack all the features that were promised and they just say, yeah, we're going to add that down the line, right? We'll patch it. We'll we'll have DLC, we'll do whatever. And I think with Did Halo, you see Cyberpunk's DLC? Yeah, like a few jackets and a car <laughs> They're long awaited uh, day one promised free DLC was nothing but cosmetic items. Yeah, mega yeah. Roof. I think they set the standard for what we expect to see when Halo Infinite's first DLC comes out is a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, so just just seeing this, it's it's disappointing because I think we just really thought we're gonna we're gonna get the full package here and and uh, and and it's not gonna happen. And I mean, yeah, co-op campaign i guess it, it could be worse it could be launching without a campaign and just the multiplayer or something like that but the thing is on halo 1 halo 2 and i think even halo 3 and 4 now going through all of them i think i played the campaign co-op with a friend before playing it on my own at all because that's just how it always was you know back when the first one came out we were in middle school. That was prime time where we were, we were over at each other's houses, you know, pick up a second remote, play split screen co-op. And that's how we played through the game. Mm -hmm. I think the, the and second one we played through in one night, you know, in one sitting, we'd play through the whole game because that's how we were as kids. And now this isn't going to have that as even an option at launch, which is which is just pretty disappointing so i mean on the on the plus side at least we've got game pass and we've got this this platform where new games released and features added and so we're you know i'm sure they'll advertise it'll come to it there you know there's plenty of other things to do with your friends but man um pretty disappointing especially for microsoft's flagship franchise the one that they really needed to get this halo right um you know five wasn't the best received for i think even had some issues at the time the master chief collection when that launched it had a lot of issues at launch and, and it took a while to get all the all the issues worked out so and now here we are with another one that you know we're starting on some sour news already i think that they were i think i think we're well past on. starting on some sour news we have been started on sour news and we're just continuing to get more like how much shit are you gonna dump on us? <laughs> like this, it's it's been bad. Stop. Just go back to the drawing board. That's all I can say is, you know, maybe even scrap the fucking name Halo Infinite because the project has been doomed from the start. It seems like maybe they maybe it's just an apt name because the development is going to go on infinitely, and mm -hmm. then <laughs> someday, someday we'll get these features added on, but. Yeah, you know, I I more than likely would have played this campaign co-op. Um, I mean, one thousand percent. Me, me, and Gary would have been on that day one. We would have. That's exactly right. We, we will the next day. And honestly, even with all of this hate, we have Game Pass Ultimate, so we will probably play this game day one. We'll probably play this multiplayer day one, and we would have played the multiplayer campaign night one. We probably would have beat it night one. Um, if not, we would have gotten... It's Jahan and I, right? So we're up to like 4 or 5 a.m. anyways. We probably would have beat it. There's a good chance. Maybe we would have gotten most of the way through it, but we beat Orcs Must yeah. Die in one night. Like, there's, yeah. there's something wrong with us. I'll say this. If it wasn't for Game Pass and the fact that I'll have it there ready to download on day one, it would definitely impact my decision to pay 60 or 70 bucks for 
you know, the new mm. version of this game if I didn't have the option to have it through Game Pass. That's be, a nice perspective. I I remember waiting in line for the midnight release of Halo 2 and Halo 3 and how excited I was to play those back in 2007 or 2008, whatever year those were. And I would not wait for a midnight release of this, and I might not buy this game for $60 if it was full price from my own house. It, it Like, it's just... I can um, confirm I would I would not spend sixty dollars. So <laughs> it's not even out yet, but I would say I'm not feeling like this is gonna. I'm not feeling certifiably fresh about this. This yeah. is some well, certified unfresh news <laughs> brought before us. Drew. Gamescom is coming up. Maybe they'll show something about it that's just absolutely spectacular that gets everybody back on board. Maybe they're trying to get this negative news out beforehand so that they can try to blow our socks off, but. Yeah, this is disappointing for sure. So, well, that was a that was a good good discussion. Good discussion, guys. Way to go. What a disappointing just situation. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but moving, we yeah. can move on to our certified fresh out the podcast takes. Uh, do any of y'all want to kick it off? You want me to kick it off? What what y'all feeling this week? Uh, didn't what you, you have a question that you were burning to ask me, Gary? Or am I making that up? I think, I think you're making that I up. I make that think... up. He didn't want to ask me a question. Who the fuck mm-hmm. am I? Why would he asked you. I, th- I think he asked you how you feel about fucking snow cones, and he was not happy. Was with that the... the situation? Yeah, okay. I, th- I, I think we. I think we lambasted him gotcha. for his snow cone belief. Uh, so one of the things that I watched recently that I think is certified fresh. I've only seen the first episode, mind you. Uh, it's a new Netflix show called Brand New Cherry Flavor. Um, I oh. was I was blown away by the first episode. It was awesome. Yeah, so I actually saw this. Uh, I saw the splash for it. I clicked on the splash for it, and I started to bring it up. And then I was like, you know, it's kind of late right now, and this looks like it's going to be long and intense, and maybe I should just watch something a little more fun right now. It is not fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like there might be, there's a potential trigger warning for you there, bro. Uh, it looks good, but yeah, it's it looks a little, it, a little it dark. It is very intense. Uh, deals with some intense subject matter, um, and it, uh, the leading lady, I don't know her. Uh, she's very good. She kind of reminds me of Audrey Plaza a bit. She kind of looks like her. Um, and it starts off. Like a normal Hollywood story, but it really gets into... I don't know if you guys have ever seen John Dies at the End. It's a movie. Um, I watched it. I don't remember it, but I did watch it, it years has, ago. It has some big John Dies at the End uh, Okay. Like energy for me. Uh, just episode one. It's the only one I've seen. But man, oh man, I was like... Phew, like I was like, this show's incredible. Like So crazy. there's a... They that show plays with is it drug overdose or is it brain injury? I, there's hallucinations and stuff going on in the throughout the plot of that, right? So they talk about overdose, they talk about hallucinations. Uh, it's unclear what's real and what's not. Sometimes, like, I haven't seen anyone do drugs yet, so it's kind of I'm not sure. Uh, and it sounded I feel like, like there's a reveal coming now. Some of it's coming back to my memory. I remember now it sounded like from the synopsis, like it was an Alice in Wonderland. Uh, type of reimagined in a, in a dark setting. It does have some strong 
Alice Wonderland uh, things in it. Yeah, definitely. The symbology. Yeah, that's that's what it sounded like. Uh, the writers were kind of inspired by Alice and took the story their own way. Yeah, that's that's cool, man. I thought about watching that. I'm I'm glad you said it's all right. Yeah, no, I like it's more than all right. I think it's like top ten shows. For oh me, shit! Right? Like it's the first episode sold me, man. That was it. Was I'd be surprised if we don't hear about this show a lot more, and all the people involved. It's incredible. Interesting. Good to know because this is kind of amongst the first that I'm really hearing about it. So brand new on Netflix, very out of nowhere. Speaking of brand new shows that I think you're going to hear about, this one is, uh, it, it, it could go either way. Maybe you'll hear about it, maybe you won't, but it's co-produced by Taika Waititi. It's Reservation Dogs on Hulu. It's, I don't know if you guys have seen this. It's a, it's um, Native American Actually, directors. I've heard some good things about this. I, I will say I've heard buzz uh, about this from some uh, friends outside of the, the Fresh Out the Podcast. It's a Native American director, Native American cast. It takes place in Oklahoma on a reservation. And I don't know if you guys know a lot about reservations, but supposedly uh, they can be run down. They can be uh, without money. And it's kind of about how hard life is in the res for growing up teens. Uh, It's a comedy. It's kind of a dark comedy. And it reminds me personally of Letterkenny, which I know I've told everybody to watch Letterkenny over and over uh it's just a small kind of town vibe and the whole town is kind of an ensemble cast of characters where nobody is perfect everybody's kind of off and silly and you're kind of rooting for all of these underdogs i I like the show it's got a strange comedy taika waititi of course you can see his sense of humor his influence throughout that show Uh, there's a whenever the main character like he passes out a couple times and when he does he's visited by his native american spirit warrior guy <laughs> i've seen and i've seen that the spirit warrior yeah. that character is fucking hilarious and uh, i absolutely big recommend you guys should check that out that's i've been wanting to watch it it looks good uh, and it looks like it touches on topics that i have interest in so i i would definitely like to give it a gander it's one for Netflix and one for Hulu. So if you're on Netflix and you want to check out something dark, then check out Brand New Cherry Flavor from Jahan. And if you're on your Hulu and you want to see something fun, check out Reservation Dogs. Yeah. Drew, what about you? Have you seen any... What Do you have another streaming service, another show to, to spread the love here? I do. So I'm going to hop over actually two different ones. So we're going to hit four different <laughs> streaming services because... Um, because we want a sponsorship and we will no matter who you are if you're netflix hulu hbo or apple we find a show on your platform that we like i am i have all the streaming services it seems like like on my um xbox or apple tv whatever i watch on it's just like here's i have all the apps grouped together so i can just browse through and i'm a i'm a horrible browser i'm the type of person that at night just scrolls through trying to find <laughs> something to watch and 45 minutes later i'm still scrolling and i could have been halfway through that's literally anything that's a full pastime in my house man my uncle loses his mind because we're sitting there and we just scroll for like an hour and a half oh yeah it's bad so but anyway i'll uh, jump over to hbo so on hbo max is where i watched this um there's a show that just ended it was six episodes um called the white lotus and uh, I was intrigued by this. The the writer and the creator, writer, director, um, 
a guy named Mike White. Uh, he's a, a famous screenwriter. He's most known for writing uh, School of Rock, um, as well as a few other things, um, Orange County and, and so on and so forth. He uh, He's actually a huge Survivor fan, um, and I'm a big Survivor fan, and he appeared on a recent season of Survivor as a as castmate, made it to the final three. So um, anyway, I really like him, so I'm intrigued by things that he does, and this is a show that he was kind of given full reign by HBO to create during the pandemic. Um, it takes place at a uh, an all-inclusive resort in Hawaii, and you find out at the beginning of the first episode that that you know over the course of this trip, um, following a few new guests at this resort, that somebody ends up dead at the end of, of this stay, um, but you don't know who. And so over the course of the, the, the six episodes, you find out a lot more about the characters and, um, and the relationships that are formed. Um, the show deals with a lot of, of you know, prominent topics, class, uh, money, race, um, you know all those all those things that you know we're hearing about now and so i think it's a really interesting look it's an interesting character study um i thought that the show's payoff was was good i i i really recommend it the the music in it is fantastic it has it's one of those shows where it can be something somewhat mundane that's happening but the music behind it just keeps you interested or makes it seem like something's going to happen even if nothing does it's just really fascinating i have a hot take on uh on this show on white lotus on hbo please let's hear it i watched the first episode um i don't i didn't get quite to the end i'm like eight minutes short of the end and it was annie and justin and i the whole household we sat down and watched this piece of shit uh, Justin was, is your your roommate, I believe. For people that's who correct. Don't know. Yes, Justin's my roommate, uh, and even the dogs were in the room, and so the whole house was watching it, right? And it was I, I love Steve Zahn, and I'm a fan of Stifler's mom, and I thought that this show was not funny, and I did not like it, and every character like made me want to smash my fucking head against the wall. How useless and fucking stupid <laughs> they all were. But not in it wasn't a an always sunny in Philadelphia type of they're funny and stupid. I would like to watch this type of way. It was like holy shit, what who wrote these stupid fucking characters? Uh, what a absolute waste of my fucking time. I did not like it. <laughs> so I, I will say on that, you know, yeah, it does a lot of the characters are difficult to like, especially at the beginning. I will say some of them are are redeemed by the end. Some of them are not <laughs> at all. So that's definitely so you, you worth didn't watch putting. the last eight minutes of the first episode. You said no, so, no, I did not. So you didn't even get to the alien invasion. <laughs> <laughs> nah, how okay. are you gonna? How are you going to like the Alien show if you don't get to the Alien yeah, invasion? You're like, nah, the Aliens, I'm out of here. Nah, I, watched, yeah, right. like, I think I watched the first two. Uh, and I remember it, telling you guys so about the music. Uh, so the first episode is pretty mundane. It's a setup episode. Uh, it's just kind of introducing the characters. Uh, which, you know, fine. Uh, and the music, though. Something about the music. It, man, I, it triggered my anxiety. I started getting very anxious. Uh, it had this very anxious energy. Uh, as you can feel something building. And then, like, everything just goes, like, starts happening in the second episode. I did um, hear that after they build their house of cards in the first episode, it really does a great job of collapsing for the rest of the, the series. A good and it's just, 
Absolutely. It's just it was it was hard for me to watch the setup. You can do interesting setup. It doesn't have to be boring. It just was. And y'all, y'all touched on this. I didn't even go through um, the cast. Y'all, y'all mentioned some of the the people and other roles they played. But yeah, um, Murray Bartlett, Connie Britton, Jennifer Coolidge, uh, Alexandra Daddario, Jake Lacey, Steve Zahn, Molly Shannon. So it's a pretty stacked cast for for what it is. So um, yeah, I'd say I give it a, a for sure certified fresh out the podcast and would say I would finish it. Uh, but I do like what I have seen. Uh, I think Gary's the outlier here, which is fine. Yep, uh, I'm, that's fine. I'm we okay often with that. disagree about things. I was gonna say, but if you don't like um, that feeling of anxiety or awkward moments in shows, then you might want to stay away from it because it's definitely one of those that can give you some some cringe moments. Oh, so. and and you get to see Steve Zahn's dick and balls. Do that's you do in the first episode. That's the thing. So. You do. But you could always do that uh, over at the truck stop behind I ninety five. So it's relevant to the story. Steve Zahn's always over there. Steve Zahn, Doesn't just do Steve it for Zahn's the shock life. value. It's relevant to the to the story. Line. It is relevant to the story. It's important to the story. I mean, did you have to see it to understand the story? Not yeah, no. But uh, they were, you know, I will say they were swollen. So, um. So I'll jump over real quick. Um, this one I won't talk about as as much because we talked about it before. But jumping over to Apple TV Plus, uh, Ted Lasso still going on there. Uh, I believe there are five episodes that are now out. And it's still just absolutely delightful. I love this show. It's my favorite show that's on TV right now. Um, I look forward to each episode none of them have let me down i'm so glad that gary's on board now and he is all caught up with it um to where it is right now uh, just a great show people watch ted lasso uh the most recent episode was actually my favorite episode the one that just came out uh, yesterday but i guess if you're listening to this podcast it came out friday the 20th that was my favorite one so far it was very uh it was Valentine's Day E. It wasn't supposed to be. It wasn't a Valentine's Day setting, but it was a Valentine's Day episode at its core. It was so uh, rich for relationships, and it, it just made you feel good, and it made you feel full of love. That show is just something else. It had it all those is... references to romantic comedies and stuff, too, so that fits with yes. the Valentine's theme, as you said. Yeah, absolutely. And it, what was it? He... <laughs> Ted Lasso said he do- he believes in communism, rom communism, <laughs> and then the whole episode was like rom communism. It was like the the rom com episode where the rom communism brought everything together in the end. It was it was good. It was very good. Yes, that show so I- is just packed so full of like these funny little like southern western phrases that I take for granted because I grew up in Texas. These these stupid shit people in Texas say, um, and and so much, so many good vibes and so many great comedians. I, I didn't realize that the guy who plays Roy Kent was a stand up comedian, and he's actually like a really nice, friendly guy. And so he also helps write on the show. So he's he's a writer and I think he does writes a lot of his own scenes and stuff too. So I I love that. Seeing Roy Kent um I think I don't know what was it you and I talking about how I said I'd like to see Roy as a coach and you said you like him in the uh 
in the commentator role. <laughs> yes, I won't say. Don't say any more. To to. And you know, and now we yes. get to see the uh, in between the coach and the commentator going back and forth between Ted and Roy to see can we can we get him to coach? Does he want to commentate? What does he want to do? And now seeing Roy caught in that limbo is nice. Yes. Um, Jahan, watch yeah. Ted Lasso, man. Yeah, watch, watch Ted, Ted Lasso. Lasso. I don't like feel good stories. You will. I want to be upset all day. So you will be. You'll. You'll. No, I'm just kidding. I like. I love Jason Sudeikis. Uh, I don't have Apple TV. Uh, Jason Sudeikis I that, I guess. is not in that show. Wait, Ted Lasso is in that show. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing, man. He does not. I lo- I also like Jason Sudeikis. Oh, does he it's, actually do acting? It's like it's not him. It's like they fucking cast Ted Lasso. It's That's like funny. a different fucking person. It's interesting. He- the type of show that makes you, if you don't like him, you can reform your view after watching it because he's that good in it. Uh, the character's that good. What do they have, 20 Emmy nominations or some silly shit like that? It's a lot. It's, it's a lot. phenomenal. It's It might be the best show on... Te- well, shit. I, it's early to say it might be the best show, right? We're only into season two, but it might be the best show. It's it's great. It's funny because I said I wasn't going to talk about it too long because we talked about it before. But it's hard not to talk about Ted Lasso and just go on singing its praises. Well, so. also I hadn't seen it before, so when you brought it up before, it was just kind of a one man thing. But now we can we can talk about the show. We can talk spoilers. We can talk whatever we want because we are caught up. So moving forward, if people want to, I mean, I don't know if there's a Ted Lasso stream, but we can be one of them. <laughs> Absolutely. Fresh um, out. I'll, the throw, I'll throw out twenty y'all. Uh, yeah, throw it to one of us. Uh, things I wanted to talk about in this first part. So, did you guys see the new trailer for The Eternals? No. You haven't, you haven't had a chance to watch it yet. You should watch it. Uh, awesome. Good stuff. They show, like, they actually show stuff, finally. They actually show, like... What's that? I, I did see this new trailer. It looks really good. Um... Chloe Zhao, the, the director, is just coming off an Oscar win for Best Director. And if you've seen Nomadland, her, her film that won uh, Best Picture and that she won the directing Oscar for, you can see a lot of the traces of that movie and, and filmmaking style in Eternals, which is really interesting to see that translated to a, to a superhero movie. Um, no, I think it looks awesome. I, I showed my wife the trailer um, because I thought that it might... Eternals looks like it, where the Marvel stuff's going to start bordering on a lot more of the weird stuff and yeah. um, some of the deep cuts. That I don't know if they're going to lose people with this, but they haven't done it so far. It seems like people are just on board for all the crazy stuff that Marvel's been doing. So I'm uh, she she seemed to like the trailer and thought it looked interesting. So I you know I think it's still going to have some mass appeal. At this point, I I really just don't think Marvel can miss. Um... The trailer looks incredible. They finally explain, like, oh, if they were around, why didn't they do anything about Thanos? You know, they explain that kind of stuff a little bit. Um, and they re- it was a really in-depth trailer. And all it's a stacked cast. Uh, two of the Starks from, uh, well, I guess a Stark and a Snow from Game of Thrones. You got Salma Hayek. You got Angelina Jolie. Uh, Kumail Nanjiani. It's crazy, man. It's a crazy I cast. love Kumail Nanjiani. I am so happy that he's in this. I'm so excited. 
Uh, I loved him when he was a, a bit part character in some of the Key and Peel skits. I loved him in Stuber, and I love I loved to, him in to, Silicon Valley. Yeah, loved him in Silicon Valley. I yeah, I'm a big fan. I don't know if you guys saw Stuber, but that movie was surprisingly fucking hilarious. I saw Stuber in the theater. It was way funnier than it had any right to be. And also, man, just as as a uh, brown guy, I'm just excited to see more brown people in these roles. It's exciting to see brown superheroes. Uh, you know, Kumail Nanjiani is a Muslim, um, and then they have Kamala Khan series coming. It's just an exciting time to be a Marvel fan uh, for me right now. And Kumail Nanjiani was also a voice of a Solarian in Mass Effect. He was one of the main like. Uh, Solarians that was in charge of the Andromeda expedition. Mm. I did not know this. Yes, sir. That's cool. Yeah, no, he's when, just, he's just, whenever uh, you hear his voice and you see it to a Solarian, you like it. It just doesn't even click. It's just so perfect. It's because it's Camille Nanjiani has such a perfect voice. It's just so strange that he's great for those goofy little aliens. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah, no, him and uh, Henry Cavill. Uh, are just big time like nerds becoming uh, these people success stories. You know what I mean? It's just so cool to watch like us like transcend. It's you know it'd be like if I got to be Wolverine. Uh, you know it'd be like so crazy. Just this like a nerd rising above. The, I don't know. It's it's cool to me. I'm it's exciting. Uh, but yeah, that was my internals thing. Uh, that was, I just wanted to do some, you know, what I thought about the trailer. You finally learn stuff. It's exciting. And Kevin Feige, uh, finally said that the soup, the Spider-Man trailer will come out before the movie. So I heard, I heard somewhere that it might even be launching, that the trailer might show on Monday. That was a rumor because there's some show going on Monday. I Um, might actually get the trailer this week if, or if you're listening to this. Maybe it's already come out, but uh, Michael Keaton. <laughs> Somebody asked him. I saw it in an interview. They're like, "So what can you tell us about the Spider-Man movie?" And he's like, "Look, I, I love working with Marvel, but I just know my guy. Like that's all I know is what my guy does and my guy's story. And like he was like the timelines and all of that. It's just a lot for me, you know. <laughs> just know my guy." Yeah, that's a good answer. I feel like as an actor, that's probably true, right? You, you don't, you you don't know what Feige knows. It's fucking even if you did, the bits and pieces of it wouldn't make sense. I heard, I heard he's gonna uh, reprise his role as Batman in Flashpoint. I I heard that he is going to reprise his role as Batman in the Spider Verse movie. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so great. Uh, Kevin, uh, when asked about a DC Marvel mashup movie. I believe Kevin Feige said, uh, never, never say no, like, or, you know, anything's possible. So that's a good answer. It's a good answer. Uh, it doesn't mean anything, but it's a good answer. I thought he was going to laugh and say, lick my butthole. (laughs) 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 That's just Marvel giving DC money. That'd be such a great quote. I'm going to put that in. (laughs) Lick my butthole. Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige. Um, we were talking about shows, and I forgot to mention that Brooklyn Nine Nine recently showed back up, popped back into existence. Uh, I think this is the the Nine Nine. I think this is the last season. Yeah, I believe so. There are they've made a lot of story 
line changes, which is really cool. Like they're obviously writing this as the final season. Um, one of the characters is retired. Somebody else quit because of, uh, you know, the crimes that police and black people are, you know, the, the tension in the community and the crimes committed by NYPD. This person uh, so, specifically quit because of George Floyd. Yes. That's correct. She did. And I don't mind spoiling it, right? Because it's now it's two weeks later. And it's not it really much of a spoiler. I don't it's, think. Yeah, it's not like it's a movie. Spoiler it's, you know, Rosa. Rosa leaves and it's and Hitchcock retires, but Rosa's still part of the cast. She still comes around as a character. She's still their friend. Hitchcock is always there on an iPad because him and Scully can't be apart for very long. So it's like Hitchcock's we have theories always theories about it. We do have theories. I think it's because maybe the actor has a compromised immune system or something, mm-hmm. and so they're like keeping him safe, which is cool. Uh, that's I think theory. that. I think that you're right, and it also helps them move the story along because now Scully, like, he's going to retire because Hitchcock's retired, and you see him always missing his best friend. And Rosa's gone, and now Jake and Amy had a baby, so they're they're juggling having to be parents with having work-life balance. And and Holt and his husband broke up. And so every character has all of these work-life balance problems going on, and you can see that they're they're really writing a final season in in a nice way. They didn't just kind of write it into a wall. They're writing themselves out with growth, with, with good character growth. You see that I Jake love... and Amy need to be better parents yeah. and that they can't just keep fucking off and working all the time. I love and so you're almost doing... cheering for the end. I love what they're doing with Boyle. It's so good. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they also, they, had a, they also had some serious moments that almost made me cry. Uh, when Captain Holt was talking about what was wrong, uh, that made me well up a bit. But Boyle... Uh, what he, they're doing with him is so fun. He's just playing. He's the insufferable ally right now. Mm-hmm. Like he's trying to be, uh, and like he's annoying all his black coworkers with how much he's caring about them. And like, it's a whole. Uh, they they used to talk about performative activism and that kind of thing. And it's just really. I like what they did with this character. It's really funny. Um, my my final big thumbs up, certified fresh out the box for Brooklyn Nine Nine, is that. Uh, when the first episode dropped, it was two episodes. Mm. And then when the second episode dropped, it was two episodes. And so now I've gotten a double scoop of Brooklyn Nine-Nine both times. And that has been very nice to be able to watch two episodes instead of one. I've always it's seen the just, first two. Yeah, there's two more for you waiting. And hopefully next week there will be two more, but I don't know if they're going to keep that up. It's just nice whenever you want to watch your show and you have two new episodes instead. I enjoy weekly episode drops. Um, with Could you imagine doing that, like two instead? I mean, that's fine. Doing like two at a time, even better, because yeah. especially with something like Ted Lasso, mm-hmm. I, I could go through it. But then also I'd be disappointed because I think it's 10 episodes for Lasso and it's been five weeks. So we we would have had them all already. So that's I'm exactly sure, right. I'm get you guys autographed Ted Lasso posters. That's, and, that's what I have to do now, I guess. And the same thing for Brooklyn Nine-Nine, right, is this is the final season, it's the outro season, and it's bittersweet because they're dropping these double episodes, so. and I'm getting my fill of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but it's, they're doubles, so I know it's just going to end that much faster. Yeah. It's just, oh, they're speeding up the the exit, and it's it's it has to come to an end, and it's it's good. I'm liking the show. They're ending, on, they're ending while they're still good, they're ending while they're still hot. Uh, yeah, I like it. This is going to be a good final season. Uh, speaking of shows that are ending... Uh, so I, I know, I, I don't think either of you are caught up 
with The Walking Dead. I don't think most people. It's are. anybody? Do yeah, people what are they on? Watch The Walking Dead? <laughs> and what are they on? Like, season all three? People, all the people that I know who watch it complain about how bad it is now and still watch it. So, yeah. I mean, like, I guess people are still sticking with it. I mean, so I'm caught up. I am current right now. Uh, I actually added AMC and The Walking Dead about one of their costume choices recently. Because they have these guys in, like, Stormtrooper armor that have this, like, giant white plastic plate that's, like, molded to their butts. And it, like, slaps them in the nuts when they walk, and it's really funny. They look so stupid. Uh, but, yeah, the story, I mean, I don't know what more they can do. Uh, is this, this is the last season? I believe this is the actual final season. I do yeah, believe this is put the show to rest, please. Yeah. Well, hey, man, if you put this show to rest, it's just going to start walking around again, don't you know? I, I, I knew somebody was going to make that joke. Hey, you you can't kill. You got to shoot it in the head, man. Uh, I I mean, it still has its moments. It's still, like, recently they did a flashback to flesh out, like, Negan's character. You got to find out what happened to him before uh, zombies and, like, immediately after uh, and it's actually kind of, it's pretty well done. It's, it's kind of heart wrenching. Uh, yeah, the show definitely needs to stop. Um, it's, uh, they're, they're probably out of good ideas by now, but, uh, I don't know, easy for me to say everybody's a critic, but I have been watching all the way through the I'm last fan of the comics, you know, and was reading them 10 years yeah. ago when the show started. And I remember being excited for the show and I watched the first two seasons, I think. I think the first season was really short, right? The first season was maybe six episodes or something. And then the second season was longer. Um, but it was mostly the first graphic novel condensed to those first two seasons. And I remember even then watching it as a fan of the books thinking, oh my gosh, they're dragging this on forever over those two seasons. Mm-hmm. And so I dropped it then and it was still pretty popular at the time, but I just couldn't get on board. And then I feel like I started hearing all the people who did stick with it, start dropping like flies from it. And now here we are with it. Finally. <laughs> Apparently Jahan's the, the one person that's still I mean, going by watching it. I, I have mentioned on the show before I am a big time zombie guy. I need it. I like to consume it. I've always loved zombie movies. Uh, you know, I felt, I think, what's the first, I feel like the first zombie film I was ever introduced to was the remake of Dawn of the Dead. Uh, and then I went back and watched all of Romero's stuff, uh, the original Night of the Living Dead, all that stuff. I'm just a big fan of zombies. I love it. I, I'll watch it. I'll play any game with them in it. I don't know why. I don't get it myself. I have an obsession with it. Uh, but The Walking Dead still has something to offer. It still has, if you want gruesome uh, eviscerations and that kind of stuff, if you want what have become kind of cartoonish characters, uh, they have very big characters now. They're kind of weird. Uh, it still has something to offer. Uh, is it Certified Fresh? Probably not. No, I don't. I'm not, I'm not putting my name <laughs> yeah. on it. Uh, for, for the record, just speaking of Walking Dead, um, I don't know if Gary even knows this. Literally over a decade ago, so this is the ancient history, but Gary has uh, had an ex-girlfriend at that time 
who had all of the Walking Dead graphic novels, and she let me borrow them because I wanted to read. I think I only owned the first or second, first two maybe at that time. She let me borrow like the first eight or nine because she owned them all, and then she and Gary broke up, and I still have all of them. So just oh, wanted to know. Oh, damn. <laughs> I, Man, I think it sounds like you made out of that relationship better than I did. <laughs> I think uh, the first three tradebacks uh, of the series are at a girl's house in my situation uh, oh, from no. way back when as well, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so if you ever come over to my house and see my shelf of all my Walking Dead graphic novels, I didn't pay for any of them except for maybe one. So, ha! <laughs> That's all right. it. That's all I got. I've got some video games I want to talk about. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we were excited. Jahan and I were excited. I, I'm going to speak for both of us for just a moment. We were excited for Humankind to come out. Mm. Humankind is a 4X game. Not a hex game. A 4X game, but it is also a hex game. Uh, both, for that matter. Nobody needs that clarification except for your roommate expansion exploration exploitation and extermination those yeah. are the four x's those are the four x's that's uh there's a lot of board games that are that style and like civilization sid meyer's civilization series are the most famous for that style where you expand your culture you explore the map you exploit the resources and you exterminate your allies again your four x's so humankind, Jahan and I are excited for humankind. Sight. We're waiting for it. Beyond then we then we learn it's going to be an Xbox Game Pass day one for free on PC, and so that we went from being psyched to being ecstatic because now it's free and we get to play more Civ together. Basically, it the the multiplayer didn't work day one. Fresh out the fucking gate, can't do multiplayer. Why not? Why did you release your fucking game if you can't do multiplayer? Yeah, like- so then. Like, so then no we pop over. Play. I don't know. I don't even. Know we pop over to Bing, and we Bing it, and we see why this multiplayer is not working. Well, actually, to be honest, I think we binged Google, and then we Googled why the multiplayer wasn't working yeah. because Bing has shit results. But you had to. <laughs> so you downloaded the game through Xbox Game Pass for your PC, and then you had to log out of your username and create a free Microsoft Outlook account that was not connected to Game Pass in order to play multiplayer online with somebody. Yes. What the fuck? So me and Gary both had to download the game on Game Pass. Uh, We looked up a fix that we didn't think would work, uh, because it sounds like nonsense, and Reddit is full of trolls. Uh, But we made new accounts. Uh, What was my suggested username? Uh, guilt barbecue six nine six. Guilt barbecue. Yeah, I think that would have been. A- I should have gone with it. It was a great name. Uh, but yeah, and then we could finally play this game together. Uh, and uh, then it crashed well, three yeah, times. It crashed three times or four times. So it's exactly like Civ. Um, uh, there's some good ideas in Humankind. I think that Humankind, I think we're going to keep playing it from time to time. But honestly, I might even go back to playing Civ Six until Humankind maybe has some DLC or maybe they... Like a patch or something, yeah. Yeah, maybe they clean it up. Uh, It's just... It's a somewhat messy uh, Civ clone. It is. It's a Civ clone. Emphasis on clone. It's a Civ clone, and it's not perfect. a Civ clone. Uh, They do have some cool new mechanics, such as you can... 
Uh, it's, you don't build cities. You set outposts. You can uh, connect out. You can turn outposts into cities, and you can connect outposts to existing cities to expand, kind of like your city's territory. Um, you have city limits. You can only build so many, which can be changed. Uh, but the coolest feature, which sets it apart from civilization by far, is that uh, you go from nomads wandering around, then you get to pick a civilization. Uh, and then every age, you get to either keep your current civ or, like, add a new one on top. So you can become... Uh, so I found out that you're not adding a new one on top. You're actually fully replacing the one that you've got. Minus the benefit. They're, so if you have some have of the old... passive that carries over. Yeah, you keep one passive and you keep some... Like, you keep the old buildings that you already built, but you can't build anything else from that empire Correct. that you upgraded from. Uh, so you lose a lot of that stuff, too. You lose some, but you keep, like, some benefits. I don't know. It's pretty interesting. And then, like, new ones become uh, time-appropriately available. It's pretty cool. They have some good ideas, uh, but it does kind of fall flat on the release. The release was awful. I would uh, say this is not... Uh, it's not super fresh. Nah, it's not super fresh. Not super fresh. It is a clone of a game that was probably done better in the original. So, I want to talk about something that is super fresh. Yeah. Split gate. I'm split talking gate. about split, split gate for like the fourth week in a row on this stream. Uh, I'm not even playing split gate every day. I'm playing split gate maybe once or twice a week because it's just portal halo. Still, I've said it. I'll say it a million times. It is just nothing. It's just portal halo. There's nothing innovative about this game. No. Uh, it's portal halo. Well, it plays just like halo. So you say there's nothing innovative. Portal. Well, the well, teabag I mean, mode. Yeah, teabag yeah. confirmed. Is a Most innovative, of, yeah. Uh, best thing game. to happen in gaming. Best thing last since last time we podcast about and y'all talked about this game. This wasn't even on my radar, and then I did happen to catch a night where y'all were playing it, and I downloaded it and hopped into, and really enjoyed myself. It was it was very fun. It's very fun. Very fun. <laughs> game is fun. Uh, I just saw that their open beta is going to be open for the foreseeable future. That's what they said is they were just like, you know, uh, fuck it. People love it. It's seen over 10 million downloads and 10 million users in, in under 30 days. This is it, an indie game that it blew up. This reminds me of whenever Apex came out and it was hot fucking fire when it first came out and nobody was expecting it. Uh, Splitgate much the same way. It's nothing new. It's just two games that should have always been combined. It this works reminds so well. me. That's yeah, That's what it, works, it works so yeah, well. It reminds me of Rocket League. Where, I wish the portals could be implemented into almost any first-person mm -hmm. shooter because it just fits so naturally. You're not and wrong. Once once you start getting the hang of it, and I was creating portals and then you know sniping people from the top of the map while just like stepping slightly stepping out of a portal. Um, nah, it's fun. It's fun when you get the the kind of into the rhythm of it. Yeah, it's it's very one of my favorite things to do is almost every single map in the game has a platform on the bottom somewhere. So you can always shoot a portal down at the bottom on a platform and then shoot another portal high. And if you start getting shot, you just dive off the map, aim for your portal and come flying out of your other portal across the map up in the sky somewhere. And uh, I do it all the time. It's never not fun. <laughs> Uh, so Splitgate, play Splitgate. It's free. You don't have to pay any money. It's it, I don't know if I mentioned it's Halo Portal, but yeah, you'll like it probably. Oh yeah, no, I can I can pretty much I, absolutely certified fresh out the box. I would say 
certified fresh out the box split gate. Yeah, that's Every- certified fresh from all three of us. So that's good. Yeah, that is good. Not a lot of things get the all the way across the board general consensus. Uh, yeah, if it's cool with you guys, I would like to take this opportunity to talk about Kickstarter a little bit. Yeah, man. Uh, well, you've never talked about Kickstarter on this show, my right? guy. Uh, so there are several things coming out right now that are pretty exciting, one of which we got sent a copy to play live uh, last night, actually. It's on our YouTube. Check it out if you want to see it. Siege Commander. Uh, the game. So the games right now that I'm going to go over in a second are this game, Siege Commander. And then there is also a new game, a new card game called Dust Biters, and then Edge of Darkness. All of these are pretty cool looking games. Uh, Dust Biters, I believe, is from a smaller studio. Edge of Darkness is an expansion. Dust Biters, yes. Dust Biters, like one who bites dust. Yeah, one who bites dust. Uh, It looks like it's like a car battle card game. It looks uh, like a post-apocalyptic Road Warriors card game. Uh. So before I dive into like more of a deeper dive, uh, so there's a lot of stuff going on. Anyone who's in the board game community, anyone who backs Kickstarters, uh, board game Kickstarters specifically, is aware that there are so many issues with fulfillment right now uh, that are being that were just because uh, of COVID. Like shipping is just a nightmare right now. Uh, it is really hurting the board game industry, uh, and I know lots of people are angry. Uh, they want their games. Like I, I'm of the mind. That you just kind of need to... You want the game. You like the people that made it, I assume. You know, give them a break. It's not their fault that the world fell apart. You know what I mean? I feel like people just need to have more patience. But it is a big problem right now. Uh, And another recent issue that came up. uh, The company broke in token after uh, their CEO had some allegations. Um, A lot of companies are cutting ties just boom, boom, boom. There's there because uh, a lot of people use Broken Token to offer supplemental like box uh, organizers and that kind of thing. That's the kind of thing they do. They do upgraded game components. And so like I've received like seven emails this past week from all the Kickstarters I've backed about how the Broken Token fulfillment will not happen, uh, and that they're going to offer like a new either a refund. Or uh, some kind of uh, new option available through a different a different company, and it's just there's a lot of stuff going on at board games right now. It's pretty crazy, uh, but it's because it's pretty crazy. you know that's the big fear with backing anything on Kickstarter, right? Is that you're going to throw money at a project that may or may not ever come to fruition, yes. and and I think you know typically if it wouldn't. I assume if it doesn't meet its its goal, then you presumably get your money if back. If it doesn't meet the goal, you get your money back. Yes, correct. If it does fund, they get your money. Uh, and you have to hope that they give you your product. There is kind of that, I mean, for the most part, the bigger companies, you don't got to worry about, like AEG, Common. They do, they do fund through Kickstarter for, like, big box games that they don't want to make too much of that there's not an interest in. Uh but as somebody though who has not pledged to a lot of kickstarters it just seems like this is the the worst fear right this is the worst case scenario that you're you're putting your money towards something yeah. that's funded and you don't know if your order is even going to be able to get fulfilled once yeah you it don't know if it's going to get fulfilled it's only happened to me so far once i ordered i funded a book 
It was from like a single independent writer. Uh, it's been like six years, and they and you can tell when they log on to their Kickstarter, it'll be like last logged on, blah blah blah. He logged in like two years ago. I don't think I've ever seen that book. That's like sixty bucks in the the hole. Uh, I've backed. That's one out of like forty that I've backed. You know what I mean? So like, it, I have a pretty good track record. I've gotten pretty lucky. I think it does happen. Uh, I would assuage. I I would say that that's not something you necessarily really need to worry about. Uh, you'll probably get your game, but right yeah, now I, it's I, an issue of fulfillment. I know that that's probably very rare, but I think for me, it's just a hesitation. I still would yeah. have. I can understand. So. Uh, the reason, so the reason why I'm so hooked on uh, Kickstarter is because the first thing I ever backed was Nemesis. Uh, it's one of the greatest games I ever played. I got all this extra content on the cheap because I was a first day backer, uh, and so I was very highly rewarded for trying it out. And I've just been hooked ever since. And that's uh, nice. That's cool that that happens. Yeah, I've had a lot of really good experiences. I've gotten a lot of really cool games. Uh, right now, so this game, The Edge of Darkness, uh, Emissaries of the Veil, uh, this is a card crafting, it's an expansion for a card crafting game. It's one of the biggest boxes I've ever seen for the base game. It's like this big, like, and it looks like it weighs like hundred pounds. It's huge. Johan is holding his hands out. I'm holding my hands out, but like shoulder width a little bit more, uh, it's not the best for radio, but yeah, it's like, it's a giant box. It must weigh a ton. Uh, and it's a game where you get to actually craft cards, uh, by putting them in this, like different pieces into sleeves. It looks really cool. Check it out. It's funny now on Kickstarter. Uh, then siege commander. It's a two player game that I played with Gary the other night. Uh, it was created by Ryan Collins, a really nice guy. And uh, it, so this is an indie game. This is from uh, and it's being published by Outland Entertainment, a company that we've recently started kind of uh, talking with and checking out their products. We like them a lot. They're pretty cool. And this game is player versus player lane based combat. Uh, it's very fun, very simple to teach, very quick. Uh, and the base set, it is two symmetric opponents. But in future expansions, they will implement asymmetric combat with different factions uh and then the final one is uh one that struck my my eye more than anything dust biters it looked very cool i like uh card battle games and it is a quick and furious card game about rival card gangs racing to outrun a giant dust storm um and that's already fully funded all those all three of those games are fully funded if you fund them you should get your reward uh you're running out of time obviously on some of them but yeah, go check it out. A lot of good stuff on Kickstarter. Did you say they're all fully funded? All of them are fully funded right now. Well, Siege Command is Siege Command fully funded? Oh, uh, no. Hey. Siege Command. Go help out Siege Command. They still need uh, another $2,000. Yeah, I was going to say, last night when I looked at their thing, they weren't funded yet. I if they, they got funded a... overnight, that would have been crazy. Yeah, they've only been live for a few days, though. So definitely check that out. Uh, I just like to keep you guys plugged in on Kickstarter so that you know what's going on. And on that news... Uh, I would like to congratulate Magpie Games and Avatar Legends for being the most funded tabletop RPG of all time on Kickstarter. So, congratulations, Magpie. Uh, the game looks amazing. 
I know we told you we read that one, Drew, on our on our one of our Friday night streams. We read the Avatar Last Airbender game, and it looks really fun. I I would like to play that at some point. And yeah, now they literally set the record for most funded tabletop game ever on Kickstarter. Like, oh shit! Yeah, we're definitely okay. gonna have to get that on the channel. Strike while the iron's hot on that one. Uh, I've always wanted to play an Avatar game, and this one looks very fun. So people on LinkedIn uh, told me that, that we should play Dune. The, the Avatar game was funded, and I think they just they recently announced the cast for their Netflix series. So they did. Yes. Yes. The Avatar, Avatar Last Airbender, staying alive. And they were all, yeah. like, they were, people were praising them because they were uh, cast, the cast with good. the appropriate, like, racial, racial recognition, which was huge because that was a huge problem people had with uh, the M. Night Shyamalan movie. Um, I have a, I have the one more. The sad part is, is that the, the, Racial casting of the Shyamalan movie was almost the least of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, so de- it definitely had some huge other issues, like being terrible. Exactly. Uh, I have one more game I want to talk about that's not new, and it's not current, and it's not anything. But I just found it, and I can't put it down. Uh, it's free to play, and I think that's that's the newest thing about it, is that it's now free to play. It used to be you had to buy the game. And it also used to have a different name. It used to be called Raiders of the Broken Planet. And now the game is called Space Lords. And now it's free for PC and PlayStation 4 and Xbox and all PlayStation 5 and the new Xboxes. It's on everything now. It's on everything now, yeah. Free to play. mm -hmm. The game is, it's four person, four player co-op, and it's PV. Space Lords? Space Space Lords, Lords, Four player co-op, it's a third person shooter. And it's PvE, so you're working with your teammates to fight really hard, uh, endless waves almost, like horde survival. And while you're doing that, you have objectives you need to complete. So the longer you take to do your objectives, the harder and harder it gets, because you're basically doing horde mode. Each character has different guns, and so it's not like what gun you pick up is your favorite gun. Each character has four different completely guns that no other character has. They have these massive skill trees... Um, the the guns upgrade, there's crafting systems. Whenever you fight enemies, like you don't just punch B to melee. Like, X is punch and kick, and left bumper is flip out of the way to dodge punches, and Y is grapple. So there's, like, a, a rock, paper, scissors fighting type of mixed into the That's shooting game. Cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, like, cool. what the hell? Yeah, uh... this game, and I looked at the reviews of it, and they're mixed, but maybe that's because you used to have to pay for it. Maybe. Maybe they added more characters over time. I'm just not sure. I never yeah, heard man, of I've it. I've seen good games fail before, because uh, this this kind of sounds a little bit like Battleborn to me, almost. And that game was so, awesome, and exactly. people did not like it. So this game reminds me of, like, Outlanders, except Outlanders was a piece of shit. And Battleborn was massively disappointing. Yeah. And Battleborn, that's exactly right. And Battleborn was one of those ones that came out at the wrong time. <laughs> and Outlanders was a piece of shit. So this game seems to be a really good blend of the two. This game, I I mean Space Lords. Um I recommend it. It's launched like right before Overwatch did, it, and they were yes, had similar did. properties, and Overwatch Overwatch, of course, became this huge phenomenon, and Battleborn was just kind of left to I, die. I own both of those games, and Overwatch, even though I don't like Blizzard and what they stand for, I think Overwatch is a better game than Battleborn. 
and I liked Battleborn. I just think that's I think that's just definitely a very different game though. Yeah. No, uh, this did not work out in that game's worth... favor. The timing. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I, w- I was getting some uh, Borderlands vibes for Space Lords, and I know the guys who made Borderlands also made Battleborn. That's Gearbox made both of those. Oh, that's so. Fun. So that's exactly when you said Battleborn, I was like, you know what? You're right. I'm not getting Borderlands vibes. I'm getting Battleborn vibes. You're totally right. That's exactly what it is. Uh, certified fresh, certified fresh out the box. This Ooh. four or five year old Bold. game. Yeah, man. I'm I'm putting my name on this game. Hey, it's I like freshly Lord. free, freshly free out the box. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, Space Lords might be something I'll have to check out for sure. It's uh. Perfect. And then I'll uh, I'll wrap it up before we get into our our plugs and everything um, for this episode of Fresh Out the Podcast. I will say um, I created a TikTok. Oh, uh, so I had uh, been sharing some of my physical media updates with friends, and one of them said, "Hey, that would make for a great TikTok." And I said, "Okay." And so I created a TikTok. My username is Drew's Blues. Get it? Because, like, Drew's Blu-rays. But it's, like, Blue's Clues, but Drew's <laughs> Blues? Isn't that... Thought it, yeah. Yep, thank you. Thank you, Jahan, for the laugh. I thought it was uh, rather clever. But now I just showcase some of my recent physical media purchases, uh, show off the casing, the discs, what it looks like. And uh, apparently there's an audience for it because I've gotten some, some yeah. views. How uh, many is I, I watch you. I've got... I've... I've put out three different tiktoks and i have over a thousand views between the three of them so far so yeah. nothing crazy viral but enough yeah. to make me feel good about myself and want to <laughs> keep putting some out there and so. you need to do uh because I, I i watch obviously uh when you get your mail you should do it to the we just got a letter we just got that, and that works perfectly with the the Drew's Blues, Blues theme. Yeah, you should do it like that. Oh, man. See? Hey, don't you just hey. love it when a plan comes together? I am also on TikTok. You can follow me, Jahananon1. Uh, and, yeah, I do a lot of board game unboxings. I used to do a lot of rules breakdowns and stuff like that. I'm trying to get back into that. Was Jahananon uh, without the one ch- taken? Is there another Jahananon out there? I, I own both of them. Uh <laughs> Okay. okay. I, it's because I messed up when I was signing up and I couldn't figure out how to fix it. So I'm jotting on one. <sighs> Fair enough. I Fair uh, Every single day, I'm one day away from making a TikTok. But I, I'm i afraid of the internet being mean to me, so I don't make a TikTok. Oh, the internet will be mean to you, yeah. Yeah, so far as a TikTok can be yet. cruel. I don't want the internet to be not mean to only, me. <laughs> see, in this format, not only can they say mean things, they can duet your video and make fun of you while your video is going on live. Like, they can be like, hey, look at this asshole, which is kind of great. And since I am a stupid asshole, I don't need a lot of people <laughs> t- pointing out that I'm a stupid asshole. Hey, you know, self-awareness is uh, a good quality to have, Gary. Half the battle. <laughs> you know, actually, to your point, my the TikToks I've produced, none of them have had voiceover or anything. It's just been showing off cases and with music and stuff because I'm nervous to talk over them because of the people that will comment and be like, look at this guy's, listen to this guy's stupid voice. Yep. His, his new <laughs> Indiana Jones 4K collection. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I can handle that rejection. It's and. <laughs> 
And it's funny because we're doing this, right? Which is just yeah. a live stream and a live podcast. And it's all the same stuff where people can still just go be mean to us. But I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's you, just... get, you do not get the same feedback uh, doing this, though, I feel. I feel TikTok is so... They can, they can interact with you in such a strange, direct way. Uh, it's hmm. a smaller fish tank. And, like, man, people can poop on you. But I'm I just kind of... I've been doing it for a while now. And I'm kind of just over the the fear a little bit. I still get nervous when I'm like trying to do a voice. Like people are going to make fun of me, but you know, well, it's, it's definitely addicting though. In the sense of if you make one that like the first TikTok I made, it's got, you know, maybe 650 views on it or something. But I remember I, I made it, I put it out there. And of course, within an hour, it's got three or four views that yeah. are my friends that I sent it to. Then all of a sudden I was running some errands later and I happened to look at it and it was up to a hundred. And I was like, oh, holy crap. And then I put it away and looked at it the next day and it was, you know, at 500 or 600. I was like, oh my gosh, people are looking at this. Um, not like a huge amount, but, you know, enough to yeah. make me feel like, oh, well, I got to make another one. Mm. You know, got to give the people what they want. Oh, that's good. right. It's good at hooking you. It's good at hooking you. Uh, so, so yeah, so that's, that's uh, I think that's everything from us for the show, but. Follow follow Drew's Blues on TikTok. Follow, follow me Jahanan on Twitter. On one. <laughs> follow Jahanan on one on TikTok. Follow me on Twitter at Drew Munhausen. Um, where can people find y'all? Uh, find me at RockFact on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at CasualtyCDG. And of course, Fresh Out the Box is our tabletop role-playing podcast and board game podcast. Uh, Jahan and I play board games, tabletop games, indie games every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday from 8 p.m. until 11 p.m. on twitch.tv slash Jahananon. But there's a Fresh Out the Box YouTube. There's a Fresh Out the Box Facebook. We're, and we try to make ourselves everywhere as possible for you guys. Uh, I think there's even a Fresh Out the Box Twitter. Yes. I do always put the Twitter in the show notes um, for the podcast. So yeah, if you if you need to catch the our uh, where to find us, they should be there in the show notes. So including the fresh out the bot, excuse me, fresh out the box Twitter account. Definitely give them yeah. a follow as well. Sharing all of our shows on there. And we're up to like almost two hundred followers now on Twitch. We're at like a one ninety eight, one ninety seven type close. of situation. Very so. Close. Uh, we remember back in November. Remember, remember back in November when we didn't even have like we had like thirty. Yeah, we were trying to hit fifty, and that was like a big deal. And now we're almost at two hundred, and it's very exciting. Uh, but yeah, if you want to be featured on any of our shows, if you're a TTRPG creator company, board game company, uh, reach out to us. Uh, you can find our socials on our Twitter profiles. So uh, check out at RockFag. Uh, and if you want us to talk about you on the podcast, reach out to us and let us know. Uh, we're always looking for some interesting topics. For sure. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode, and we will see you all next time. Bye, guys.